Well, Merry Christmas once again. Well, this morning for our sermon, I want to start a little bit different. And I'd like to start with a kid's lesson, which means kids come up front, sit right down here just for five, ten minutes. We're going to do a little kid's lesson. And I have a present for someone to open. So that's my enticement. Here it is. All right, just sit right, just sit right down here. No, 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 sorry. Yeah, sit right over here. I'm going to sit here, and you guys can. Some of you may have grown up with a kid's lesson, and if you can't quite see me, now you know how your kids feel when they're in service with you. So, all right, you kids having a good Christmas? Yeah? Have you guys been able to open any presents? Yeah? Okay. Well, I have a question for you. When you open your presents, who here loves to share them right away? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to share your present, isn't it? It's kind of hard. All right. Well, I have a present here, and I need someone to open it. Would you open it for me? Just tear into it. All right. All right. Thank you. It was a risk having a kid open a football in front of a bunch of people because you never know where that thing could end up. It's a football. It's a football as a present. Now, who would share this? Uh, is a football very much fun to play with on your own? Not really. In fact, a football is the kind of gift that's meant to be shared, isn't it? When you play with a football with someone else, you use it how it's supposed to be used. But also, the gift brings you more happiness, more joy, when you share it with someone else, doesn't it? When I was a kid, I would get video games for Christmas every once in a while. Did anyone here play video games? You guys are all too small, so no one should raise your hand, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding, parents. <clears throat> but when I got one, I couldn't wait to tell my best friend Josh that I got one so that he could come over and we could play it together. And I actually enjoyed it more when Josh was there to play with it with me. Well, we celebrate a kind of present this morning, don't we? What, what present does everyone share this morning? Does everyone uh, celebrate this morning? Me. <laughs> it's part of the lesson. Be ready. Jesus. Jesus is a gift for all of us. And here's the thing. Jesus is a gift meant to be shared. All throughout the Bible, we learn this lesson. And we're going to look at the Gospel of John this morning where we see it as well. John says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. This morning, we share a gift, Jesus, who's a gift meant to be shared. So, as you go home, as you open gifts, as you struggle to share them with others, siblings and others, remember, remember that Jesus is a gift meant to be shared for you and for everyone. And we can start even this morning. Okay, so I need you guys, I need your help. I need you to yell. Or not, not, not just in general, but I need you to yell... Jesus is born when I count the three. Okay? Can you do that? 
for everyone out here, they need to hear you. So you got to yell loud. All right. You're going to say, Jesus is born on three. One, two, three. That's great. <laughs> All right. Thanks, kiddos. You can go back and sit with your parents now. That was fun. The risk was a kid grabbing the football and throwing it clear across the sanctuary. Well, parents, we're going to spend a few more minutes looking at these verses together. Because it's an easy thing to overlook when we encounter the Christmas story on Christmas Day. We focus on Jesus coming to earth as we must. But sometimes we miss all the people pointing to Jesus. Of course, Jesus is the ultimate focus. But we can't miss these witnesses to Jesus. Because it's in their role where we find our own place in the Christmas story on Christmas Day. At Christmas, we are not only drawn to stand in awe of Jesus at his miraculous birth, we are also invited to announce it because Jesus is a gift meant to be shared, not hoarded or kept secret, but to tell far and wide. During our Advent Sundays, we focused on several characters surrounding the birth of Christ. And what you find is that when Jesus comes to earth, everyone starts announcing it. The angels reveal it. The shepherds declare it. Elizabeth can't contain it. Mary sings about it. The wise men publicize it. Those who receive Jesus' arrival rejoice and proclaim it. And for us this Christmas Day, we want to do both. In fact, there's no better time than on Christmas Day to be motivated to share these glad tidings of great joy that our Savior has been born the moment all the world changes. In the Gospel of John, the theme of witness is everywhere. Around 47 times, this word is used. It ends the Gospel, and it also begins it with John the Baptist. Although, he's actually never called the Baptist in this Gospel. In fact, in this Gospel, he should be called John the Witness, because that's the most common designation given to him in this Gospel. John's witness is such an important, he's such an important figure. Before the account of Jesus' ministry, you always have John, the last great prophet and pivot of all biblical history. One scholar says, all who have ever come to faith are dependent on John's opening proclamation of the identity and saving purpose of Jesus the Messiah. So this Christmas Day, we're going to let John teach us how we can share the gift of Jesus who has come by giving us three lessons. So if you would please stand for the reading of God's word. I'm going to read from John 1, 6 through 13. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone who was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is the word of the Lord. 
Please be seated. Well, the first thing you learn from John about being a witness is that you are not the light. Simple, I know. But it might be one of the most important things for Christmas Day. I mean, verse 6, if we see, looks, tells us that John was a man sent by God. Not an angel, one of the heavenly hosts, but just a man. Because when God wanted to share his good news, his plan was to use a human, just like us. And more importantly, verse 8 makes it clear that John is not the light. This is such an important point. It's illustrated in John's conversation with others in verses 19 through 28. John has to tell people that he is not the Christ or any of these famous prophets. John is making clear that he is not Jesus. He's just a man, just a witness. And if you know much about John the witness, you might recognize that this is an important theme for him. Elsewhere, he says things like, after me comes a man who ranks before me. Jesus must increase. I must decrease. And it is really this humility which is John's true greatness and foundational to sharing Jesus. And so it's really important on Christmas Day, a day that's so easy, so easy for it to become all about us. Even when we know and we say it's all about Jesus, we often act like it's really about us. Our family traditions, our gifts, our vacation, our time. In the hustle and bustle of this very day, don't forget, you are not the light. Don't walk out of this building and just get back to your stuff. Rather, become less so that he might become greater. For we don't preach ourselves this day, but Christ, fullness of deity, God who took on flesh. Today we remember Christ, we worship him, not ourselves. And John would tell us, One way you make sure you're not the light is by pointing to the light, to be a witness. Let me give an illustration. Does the moon give light? It does, yeah. But does it have light in itself? No. The moon simply reflects the true light, the sun. And if we stretch this metaphor a little bit more, we see that the moon actually reminds us that the sun is still there even when we can't see it. It's a witness to the sun, reflecting its light in the midst of darkness, preparing the way for the light of the sun. In a similar way, you are a moon reflecting the true light of Christ. For we are a light in this world, but our light comes from God who has shined his light in our hearts. Now, I know one of you teenage boys is going to leave here and say, the pastor told us the moon people today? <laughs> it's not what I'm saying, teenage boys. And most of the rest of you. <clears throat> Be a moon, don't moon. You could, you could stitch that in a pillow. But... <clears throat> Be a moon, don't moon. All right, reflect the light of Christ in your life. Reflect the light of Christ with your life and especially with your words. Especially with your words. All right, so John's not the light. He's a witness. But a witness to who? This is our second lesson. The light is for everyone. You're not the light, and the light is for everyone. Look with me at verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, everyone, 
This light is for any and everyone. The reception in verses 10 and 11 actually reiterate this point. I mean, it's a negative reception. But notice, Jesus doesn't just come for his own people, he came for the world. And although the go- and throughout this gospel, you find the most unlikely people believing. A Samaritan woman, an official of Capernaum. This gospel is for everyone, and our witness should reflect it. All three of these lessons from John are illustrated in the life of John that we read about in verses 19 through 42. This one's no different. And I love the way verse 29 and then verses 35 and 36 describe John's witness. I mean, because in both these episodes, Jesus just happens to be walking by, and, and you get the picture. John's pointing at Jesus and shouting, Behold! The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world! Uh, it's sort of like the character Gladys Herdman from the best Christmas pageant ever. I was reminded about this earlier in the week, that when she's playing the angel in the pageant, she stands up, raises her hands, and yells as loud as with the top of her lungs, Hey! Unto you, a child is born. It's a bit like that. John couldn't contain it. He had to tell anyone who would listen that Jesus had come, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it's no small matter. Verse 14 tells us more about the arrival of this word and light. Verse 14 says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The point here is that this Word, who is the Word, who is the true light, is the ultimate self-disclosure of God to man. Jesus, who is God, reveals God to us. It's remarkable. That's why we celebrate. God has come to be with us. And in coming to earth, Jesus gives us grace and truth, for he is the author of both. If that's not miraculous enough, this news of Jesus is for everyone. Jew and Gentile, young and old, rich or poor, man or woman. This Christmas, rejoice in Christ. Know him as your personal savior, but know also he didn't just come for you. Jesus is not a gift we hoard or keep secret, but share indiscriminately. So share the good news with those you meet, believer or unbeliever alike the family you visit these coming days, people at the grocery store, neighbors. This light is for everyone. Of course, the natural question is why. And so we get to our third lesson. Why share this light with others? John tells us why, and his answer gets to the heart of Christmas. The light brings life. You are not the light. The light's for everyone. And the light brings life. In verse 7, we read that the reason John shared Jesus was so that all might believe. But of course, many didn't, as we've seen. And, and it's really, verses 10 through 11, it's really tragic. The world that was created through Christ doesn't recognize him. His own people, we then learn, don't receive him. It's the tragic irony that begins this gospel and proceeds throughout the rest of it. Those who should be shouting with praise that their creator has come to earth, they don't give Jesus the time of day. Yet some believed. Some received this gift and believed. 
and those who do are given the gift of new life. Look at verses 12 through 13. But to all who did receive, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And here we find the big why of Christmas, don't we? Jesus became a child, a child of man, so that we might become children of God. Jesus became a child of man so that we might become children of God. Christmas is so wonderful. Not only because God became a child, but because we can become children as well. It's a celebration of Christ's life and of our new life. How is this possible? Well, though Jesus came to earth in a manger, he left this earth on a cross. And through his death on a cross, the Son of God took away our sins. Just as John the witness said, Behold, the man who takes away the sin of the world. But Jesus didn't stay dead, did he? He rose on the third day to new life. A life beyond sin and death. A life promised to each of us. Notice how this birth comes. How this new birth in each of us comes. Through belief. Belief in the name of Jesus. Friends, reception or rejection are the only responses when it comes to Jesus. They're the only responses. Do you believe in the name of Jesus? The name above every name. The name whose birth we celebrate today. Our belief in this name, in his name, not only brings you new life, it is the hope that motivates to share Jesus with anyone and everyone. Witnessing can, can feel like such a chore, can't it? Feel like a duty. Something we do because it's just what good Christians do. I'm preaching to myself here as much as anyone else. I'm sure you felt it. But John isn't just going through the motions. John is motivated by the hope that all will believe and come to new life. He desires that all would believe in the name of Jesus and in doing so will be brought to new life. Friends, we are meant to be motivated by that same hope to share the gift of Jesus not as though we're going through the motions, but as one bringing new life. And not just new life, but actually a new family. You see, becoming a child of God doesn't mean you're an only child. But becoming a child of God means joining the family of God. And as the family of God grows, so does our own joy. We share Jesus with others for their joy, but for ours as well. Just as the heavens rejoice when a sinner repents and comes to Jesus, we also rejoice because our family grows as more come to believe in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. John shows us this. John shows us that we are not the light, that the light is to be shared with anyone, and we share it for the hope of new life. 
Christmas Day invites each of us to be like John and bear witness to the miraculous birth of the Savior. An old preacher once said there are seven kinds of witnesses to the identity of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Seven kinds. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which all testify to Christ. You have the signs, the seven signs that Jesus performs, which are a witness to him. Scripture itself is a witness to Jesus. John the Baptist is this last great prophetic witnesses. That's six. And the seventh kind of witness is the witness of ordinary people. People like the Samaritan woman, who after meeting Jesus and receiving him, ran back to town to share this news with everyone. To invite them to come and see this miraculous person. And John does this because you and I are included in this last group of witnesses. Do you know that God considers your testimony just as important? To invite people to come and to see? To say, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Christmas is the perfect time. If there's any time in the year, Christmas is the perfect time to go tell it on the mountain, to proclaim it far and wide. Friends, this Christmas, don't just marvel at the light, but witness to it. We come to Jesus amazed and in awe that God would become man. But we don't stop there. We tell the world about it. We invite others to come and see it. Because it's not just for us, but for the world. Christmas invites us to shout it from the mountains to the valleys. This is the day our Savior is born. A day for all to know. Would you please pray with me? Gracious Lord, it is remarkable to celebrate your birthday on Christmas Day. We come to you in worship, recognizing that we are not the light, but you are. May our worship give you all glory and not ourselves. And Lord, may we go from this place filled with the joy of new life, that we would have the boldness and motivation to share your light with the world. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus, your Son, Emmanuel, our Lord and Savior. Amen.